show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly and Atlanta United. They're struggling as of late. It's uh, result-wise not what we all want as fans, but uh, a little bit of an auspicious start as well to this one against CF Montreal at Stade Staputo. And uh, yeah, I mean, LA United, they concede early from a set piece. Pause if you've heard this before. It's uh, just something that this uh, this iteration of LA United, I guess it's part of it. We don't have the size. We don't have uh, the guys that can really uh, deal with uh, headers inside the box. And yeah, you know, yet another goal conceded from a set piece. A little bit shambles when it comes to that, uh, when it comes to defending, when it comes to clearing uh, the balls out of the box. Just, uh, you know, maybe not the urgency, not the hunger enough to want to do that, want to get the ball clear from uh, inside the box. And maybe it's a little bit of that, you know, the uh, uh, without Braguzan as well in this one. You know, you're gonna lack a little bit of that leadership, uh, a person to uh, make sure the guys are in the right spot too. So, yeah, I mean, at the very least, though, at the start of this match, Luis Araujo got that start. Franco Ibarra got that first start in the league as well, and uh, yeah, Alan Franco he returned to the eleven, but uh, still too much chopping and changing. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Mark, what were your thoughts on a whole about this CF Montreal match? Yeah, it's, um, I think you said it, you know, I think you summed it up. It's another struggle. It's another struggle, you know, and, and I do think, uh, look, we came on here uh, on this podcast last couple of weeks and, you know, talked about how the play at least was improving and so on. I stick by that, but this was a huge step backwards. And I think when you look at the, uh, the season as a whole to this point, there's been more bad performances than good. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, like, yes, we've uh, we've gotten the golazos, right? We've gotten the special goals. We got another one uh, in this game. I mean, uh, Moreno from that angle, you know, catching the inside of the post um, and it's just creeping. It's an excellent shot, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just the fact that it's it's really become a case of like that seems to be the way that uh this team is more than likely gonna score um and and when you're when you're having those struggles in attack combined with the struggles in defense and it's the thing it's like i think i think you nailed it there too a good defense is organized and that's what worries me about Atlanta united so much is that we're just not organized we're at six six and sevens it's just as simple as getting a ball in the box and then you know, and creating pressure from there. And that's what Montreal did time and time again. So it's uh, it's frustrating. And you you do have to wonder, yes, it's early in the season, right? I still believe this is a playoff team. But, you know, if, if that's it, ah, that's, uh, that's pretty dis disconcerting. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and to your point there, uh, that it's early, it's a very forgiving league in that sense, but uh, there is, uh, yeah, if you play well, you better damn well get some results uh, because that's what's going to be frustrating later on in the season if we are ruining points and, you know. Just like last season. Exactly, and that's exactly what we don't need. Uh, we'll get into, I think, some of the other uh, in the weeds, but I think, yeah, that, uh, that big caveat here is that, yes, there is more and more chop and changing in this uh, 11. Uh, I think the more that we have continuity, the more that Gonzalo Pineda knows his best 11 and uh, those players that are in the 11 can put the ball in the back of the net with regularity, I think it bodes better for Atlanta United. And it seems like uh, at least this 11 seems at least probably one of the strongest that uh, we've fielded. It's just uh, another one of those uh, ugly heads rearing around the corner here. And that uh, is, yes, we are not clinical in the final third. And it's really hurting us. I mean, we uh, we have to rely on hero ball, essentially, because the good chances that we got, we didn't put them away. And that's uh, those are those moments where we are ruining at least uh, those goals that eventually, yeah, undo us in a match that seemingly we had some control over. Uh, now, did we... Uh, you know, did we show the absolute full potential or anything like that? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, Luis Adarujo, uh looked every bit of not match fit, still trying to work his way back. Uh, now, I mean, you know, it is also, it's a side in CF Montreal that they're struggling too. And the fact that we just essentially allow them to bully us in the box and more or less smash and grab for these points. It's uh, another frustrating thing. But, uh, you know, that that second goal for Montreal, that's where it's super-duper frustrating. Like, we just can't clear the ball. Like, it's something where, I mean, uh, if it's a little bit of this, I think. You know, we're undersized in the box, but there's not enough hunger for a clean sheet. And I think, uh, you know, there is some sort of stat around the league that offense is down this season as well. And actually defense is uh, kind of uh, king almost in a way. But it is, uh, I think you're noticing that. You're probably, you're probably seeing a lot of attackers getting moved out of the league in a way. And then, you know, you have the likes of Douglas Costa and Jordan Shakiri, who we'll talk about later on, uh, coming to the league. Are they finished? <laughs> are they uh, are they guys that can no no longer make an impact uh, in this league? And you know those young attackers are being moved on into uh, you know uh, Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That could be one of the symptoms too of uh, you know what's going on, but. Uh, either way, yeah, this lineup, I think, especially, yeah, you saw the return of Mateo Setu as well. 
uh, you know, supposed to be a guy that can keep us ticking as well, but, you know, it's just too many guys that are coming back into the team, and there's just not enough continuity, I think, uh, ultimately. But uh, it begs the question, is this. Should we be giving Gonzalo Pineda more time, uh, you know, to allow these players to get acclimated together? Is it on him that uh, they are not uh, gelling? They are not uh, putting the ball in the back of that? I disagree. I mean, I, I don't think, uh, you know, clinical, uh, clinical ability is on the coach. But, yeah, you can... You can work on finishing all you want, but, you know, real life, uh, real game situations are always different. But yeah, what, what do you think? Gonzalo Pineda, there have been some calls for his head. Maybe also, you know, Boca and Eels. That's a maybe separate conversation, but for Gonzalo Pineda, what do you think? No, I don't think it makes sense to call for his head. He hasn't even been here a year yet. I know yeah. people will say that Ainsa uh, didn't, didn't get a year. Uh, which, you know, fair enough. <clears throat> um, I think there were other, you know, mitigating circumstances in terms of, uh, I mean, certainly like the Joseph fallout was a big part of that. And uh, the violation of CBA was concerning. And I think it gave them cause in that sense. Um, but, you know, it's this, like, I think the team is still fighting for Pineda and playing for Pineda. So, mm -hmm. you know, like that's typically one of the telltale signs of whether or not a coach uh, should be let go um so but you know if you were to make that move then where does that lane united go from here because uh it would be yet another coaching change and um you know at some point like at that point if you're having that conversation then you have to be talking about bocanegra and eels for me uh you know i think the most concerning thing about lane united right now is just that it, we're kind of easy to play like i think the game plan is actually pretty straightforward i I mean, I think I think Montreal did what they wanted to do, you know, like giving allowing Atlanta United to have the ball and the manager actually referred to this after the match, like, you know, playing, defending solidly, I think, as he put it, but allowing us to have the ball like it's not really a threat to them. Yeah. And so, you know, like they had and you pointed this out when we watched the match together, they had twice as many shots in the box as we did. And you look at this. I'm looking at the shot map now, like a lot of our shots are at an angle, uh, you know, like kind of difficult. And Montreal just has a bunch of shots right in front of goal. And that's how I mean, that's how you win games, you know, and uh I think in this match in particular, like that we actually didn't create the chances. I felt like, uh, and we've seen this in previous matches, I think, uh, you know, they have no problem transitioning the ball, getting into the final third, right? Uh, guys like Moreno, Almeida, uh, Aruju, you know, they look good in space. They can beat one or two guys, but more often than not, there aren't numbers. You know, the attack peters out for one thing or for one reason or another, and it just slows down. It gets bogged down. Um, I think uh, there is some chemistry issues. I think especially with the attacking three, as I mentioned, Reyna, Amanda, Aruju, I think a lot of times they end up in the same space. Um, and, you know, Aruju, as you mentioned, maybe isn't sharp yet. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that develops. But then there's this too. I mean, you know, we've in terms of midfielders, you know, there are options as uh, we've seen Sosa, we've seen Ibarra, we've seen Josetu, you know, but uh, other than uh, Ozzy, 
it hasn't you know none of them have been great so far this season so um a lot of them and i think they all uh have have already dealt with at least one injury so far this season so um sure you know it's it's probably a bit of that as well but uh yeah i don't know i don't know it's interesting too you know the theory about us being undersized uh because we certainly talked about the center back position and i do think a lot of that goes back to bocanegra right like so we've seen franco again in the versus montreal you know did he have did he make an impact you know like <laughs> was he uh did he play like the center back uh that you uh, go out and spend dp money for you know what i mean so it's, i don't know uh, it, it's 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 kind of grim right now again like there's a lot of season left to be played um it's still a very talented team but um that's pretty much i think the only reason to um you know believe in this team right now mm. and i think there's also this caveat is that uh it's a month full of road trips uh it was a way day after a way day and yeah in mls yeah being at home is the stronger play it's always going to be uh yeah in terms of getting more points you're gonna get more points at home and so the fact that we were able to get some points on the road this month is a good thing but uh yeah i mean i think that exacerbates a little bit of stuff right now too uh just how difficult it is to play on the road in mls but yeah uh getting to your other point of how the midfield Who's our best midfielder? Like, who who are our best pair of midfielders? Like, we don't know. Like, yeah. and it's also, yeah, Emerson Hyman coming back. Yeah, you got a bunch of guys that are auditioning for the starting gig. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, who ultimately wins out on those spots. Uh, I think, unfortunately, it will have to be one of Heinemann or Hosetu and one of Ibarra or Sosa. Uh, you know, Sage is just gonna kind of play a part in there somewhat as well, but uh, I don't think he's got a, a starting shout, unfortunately. Uh, with all due respect to him, but uh, yeah, and it's that like you know, Ronaldo Cisneros, he's still getting used to this league, he's uh, putting himself in the right position, but uh, there are some moments where he's able to uh, you know get on the score sheet of course uh which he did against inter miami but in this match uh yeah you know there were some chances that were rude as well it's uh yeah you know i think it's not quite time to call for gonzalo pineda's head but i think if you see another month where we do not uh gel and we have everyone healthy i think we can start visiting this conversation uh you know seriously but uh, yeah, this match, as frustrating as it is, yeah, hopefully it's just a an April that was a, a bit lackluster. Where we're still trying to find our bearings, and hopefully we get into midsummer form very, very soon. Uh, you know, with the players that we do have in the squad. But uh, yeah, any final thoughts for this? I've mostly said what I need to say, yeah, I, or is what I felt, you know. Um, you know, I, I just, I hope it improves. You know, it can only go up from here, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, uh, I guess, you know, we'll see. Yeah, because it's that. It's the, uh, it's too much of the U-shaped or horseshoe-shaped uh, passing that's in and around the box. 
and then we end up uh, going wide, uh, you know, cross high at players that are not tall. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it just becomes a thing where it's predictable. It's very easy to defend when you don't have uh, guys that are, you know, either a hulking center back. Uh, well, we do have Miles Robinson, George Campbell when he's in. But uh, beyond that, you know, you don't have guys that can really uh, make their uh, make their mark known uh, in the box. So it's definitely something that uh, we need to improve. Maybe short corners. Maybe it's you know playing the the Tata way, where uh, you know it's not uh, as straightforward as uh, you know we have been playing it recently. And uh, yeah, you know we'll uh, we'll hopefully regroup and be able to. Uh, play better, get the result in future matches. But because uh, I can't see this going on for too much longer, there is uh, there has to be adjustments made essentially. But that does it for this match uh, review. And our next match is against uh, Chicago Fire at the Benz on Saturday. So we will cover that later in this episode. But that gets us into the news, and the news uh, for this week is that Rocco Rios Novo, the stash, is back. The 19-year-old goalkeeper who was one of the heroes of uh, our previous CCL campaign, well, he has returned on loan for the 2022 season. Uh, and yeah, much to a lot of people's uh, delight, I would say, because yeah, he definitely uh, showed ability on the ball and he also uh, showed some clutch goalkeeping as well for us. And of course, this comes on the heels of Brad Guzan and his season ending injury. He, put, he was put on the season ending uh, injury list uh, and that pretty much paved the way for some of the uh, you know, this move at least, and well, the transfer window is ending, uh, at least uh, this first transfer window, uh, so, you know, there might be some moves maybe later on in the year, but at least for the interim, it probably seems like this is where we're going to end up with our squad. Matthew Hopp probably are, uh, is going to be, uh, you know, if he's going to be brought in, it will be a little bit later on, unless a... You know, breaking transfer uh, comes in uh, during this, uh, you know, the end of this window. But, uh, yeah, Rocco Rios Novo, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it makes sense you know, to at least give him a chance to, you know, win the position, essentially. You know, um, I guess at, at this point, Atlanta should be uh, doing their due diligence because uh, it's that's, a t you know, it's a devastating injury. Yeah, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it, it makes sense. Obviously, you know, they've, they've already had a little bit of experience with him. Um, you know, what's interesting is that he wasn't really playing uh, with uh, Linus. So um, we'll see if, uh, but, you know, if he's able to earn the job and, uh, you know, sort of kind of show out, I mean, I, I think it's, it's worth a look at least. You know, he is a bit undersized, so there's that to it, but... Uh, we've seen undersized keepers succeed before. 
uh you know as long as his other skills can sort of make up for it i guess uh, he'd have to make up for it with positioning as well mm-hmm. obviously i'm not a goalkeeper expert but uh mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, it's intriguing uh and you know i certainly i kind of hope i'm kind of rooting for him yeah i mean yeah he uh he de- definitely was uh, quoted as saying that uh so my goal is uh always to be at the top uh he said so i think bobby shuttleworth is a very good goalkeeper, and I think training with him is going to help me improve a lot. But I just like at every club, there's always healthy competition, and that's always my goal. Uh, he also said that I feel very confident in my abilities and my qualities. Uh, he says, I have a contract until the end of the year, and after that, we'll see what happens. But I'm very focused on the present. As I said before, I'm just really happy at the opportunity and trying to do what I can to get better every day. And yeah, definitely in the USL last season, he was he was uh yeah one of the best players in the league, and uh, yeah saving a lot of points for Atlanta United. So it is uh yeah if you can extrapolate that into MLS when he gets the chance, yeah it should be uh, quite interesting to see how well he does. So yes, definitely uh, rooting for the stash. He uh, definitely plays beyond his years, especially. You know, goalkeepers. That's a that's a more of a uh, you know you get you age like fine wine usually as a goalkeeper. But with this, yeah, nineteen year old. I mean, he he could still feasibly grow. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's the the crazy part. But anyway, uh, moving on from that. Uh, congrats to Noah Cobb, the sixteen year old homegrown. Who uh, were not homegrown, but he uh, is an academy player uh, for LA United 2. He got called up over the weekends uh, and he was part of the squad. I mean, that's just amazing stuff. Like, you know, 16 year old defender, he got called to be, uh, you know, part of the squad on the bench. And he very well, yeah, could have, uh, you know, had to play a part if, uh, if necessary. And so that's, you know, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how many times, uh, you know, he might. Uh, you know, come play a part uh, if uh, if we need him in a pinch. So it'll be very, very well, fascinating. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be, uh, you know, if he's part of the match day squad, you got to figure he's training with the team leading up to that. And that yes. in itself is, you yes. know, that in itself uh, valuable. So, um, yeah, I think it shows what uh, the club think of him, you know, to even like put him in those situations. So uh, very, very curious yeah, to see um, how this season progresses for him. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be very cool uh, to see if, uh, yeah, another teenager, part of the squad, making waves. Uh, Very, very awesome. And, um, yeah, moving on from that, our EMLS squad, Paolo Neto and Vini Lieva, they were uh, part of another tournament. Uh, They made their way pretty far, and unfortunately, they... I believe so, only made it into the semifinals, but uh, yeah, they were, uh, yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, these two guys are definitely doing quite well for LA United, and hopefully they can continue and uh, keep breaking through and get some more trophies in the cabinet for the club, but uh, yeah. That does it for the news, and it gets us into the match preview. So this Saturday, it's going to be against Chicago Fire at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're finally back at the Benz. It's uh, been a minute. I mean, uh, hopefully, I'm gonna be honest. Hopefully that that uh that roof is not open. <laughs> because it is quite hot right now. Yeah, it's quite hot. I I can only I'm I'm gonna yeah no, like it's a midday match. I've been there where I just uh, I'm on the borderline of passing out when that sun is like just beating down against you. So Oof, it's brutal. Yep. Let's let's keep that AC going. Uh, yep. Yeah, no passing out for any people, uh, at least from sun. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So in terms of the Chicago Fire, uh, yeah. I mean, they are a they're kind of an enigma a little bit. They uh, they have on paper, a pretty strong attack, uh, and their midfield seems like it should be a strength, uh, and, you know, in defense, it's like, okay, you know, alright, but they're one of the uh, the better squads uh, in terms of defensively, but uh, in terms of attack, it's, yep, it's a strange one, but uh, the, yeah, key departures from last season, Robert Barich, uh, one of the two DP departures, Francisco Calvo also left, and Alvaro Madron uh, also departed as well. But the key acquisitions, of course, Jordan Shakiri, uh, of course, of Liverpool and Stoke City fame, and a little bit of uh, Barca, I believe. Uh, where I he... think at Bayern, right? And Bayern, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. he's got he's got that uh, that big team pedigree, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, he's their number ten this season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I'm not exactly lining up the league, but, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely a player that is going to be dangerous, uh, and a danger man for us to keep an eye on though. Um, but I mean, he's pretty much like the, uh, uh, he's, he's built like a brick house and only like <laughs> five, five. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like beware your knees essentially if uh you ever encounter him on a pitch i would say but um but yes uh also jadro torres he uh is a young designated player and he just arrived um this past sunday and uh yeah a guy that's probably likely is going to play uh at least according to their head coach uh i mean i think uh yeah, they're pretty much saying that uh, we need to be ready. He's here to play, so okay, all right. We'll uh, we'll see what the uh, the young DP can do against us. Hopefully, not too much. But uh, yeah, also Casper Zerbilko from Philadelphia Union. I mean, the fact that the Philly Union got rid of Zerbilko uh, and then you know brought in new players. And they were pretty much undefeated for a little bit of time. I mean, holy crap. Right. Like, that's... It kind of speaks volumes on, like... I mean, Zerboko was killing us pretty much every single time he played against us. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, now he's against Chicago. Hopefully he doesn't awaken, you know, against us. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully that's not the maybe, case. Maybe it's a case of uh, Philadelphia was making him a little bit, you know? Who knows? Ooh, Okay. Uh, we shall hope, <laughs> but yeah, right. Um, uh, at least maybe not against us. Anyway, he can you know light up uh after us, but uh also John Duran also is another player that they brought in and Rafael Chichos. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty youthful team, 
so it kind of makes sense a bit uh, why they might be a little bit inconsistent but it seems like yes they are definitely trying to uh, you know bring in some big names and also some MLS veterans to uh, I think make it worth the while to bring in a player like Shakiri. you know uh, it's kind of like that uh, that Wayne Rooney type of thing where you know, you bring in a big name, and you got to fill out the rest of the roster a little bit too. Otherwise, uh, why do you bring him in? It's just, uh, yeah, there's no yeah. point. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of the predictions around the East for them, uh, yeah, they're around uh, kind of mid-table, kind of mediocre uh, in terms of those expectations. As high as seventh, and as low as eleventh. So, you know, I think. Uh, a team that's just on the fringe of making the playoffs. So, uh, you know, kind of where they're at a bit right now. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's a chance for us at home to, uh, you know, maybe not encounter a trap game and do the business. But uh, getting into our starting 11, so getting in uh, through the... the lines together, Shuttleworth, of course, but who's in your back line? Yeah, um, I think uh, you were all with the same back line as last week. Uh, so Lennon, Robinson, Franco, and Guzman. Uh, or Guzman, sorry. Um, yeah, I yep. think you just have to, you know, because uh, as you were saying, you don't want to chop and change too much. Um, but obviously, uh, individuals need to improve. I guess communication probably needs to improve as well. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, I think you roll with it again. Yep. Uh, yeah, likewise, I'm with that as well. Same back four into midfields. Uh, yeah, I mean, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I think Sosa makes his return. Um, and I think Josetu retains his spot. We saw him a start versus Montreal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you know, it's like you were saying that you know, that that person is gonna keep it ticking, but um. I guess uh, we haven't seen the Sosa Husatu pairing yet this season, and I guess it'll be another new pairing in that sense. But, uh, you know, we've got to keep trying until something works. Yeah. I mean, Ibarra and uh, Husatu, I think, played decently. Uh, I think it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, maybe we weren't getting enough connectivity between the lines a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I see that Hosatu uh, and Sosa. That's a very, very good shot. I think. Uh, I think Abara and Sosa. Um, I think Abara plays because I think Hosatu. He just came back. He's trying to get his bearings a little bit in terms of match fitness. Uh, you know, uh, I think. You know, two back-to-back -back games. Yeah, we're chopping and changing again, but I think. Uh, yeah until we have guys that are really really match fit we almost have to until uh until that is the case but so yeah for me sosa and ibarra but uh yeah into the attacking midfield what do you think yeah um i have oruju uh amada moreno uh last week i had moreno in middle and amada on the left uh kind of flip-flop them but uh i mean you know i think yeah they just have to gain that chemistry, uh, learn how to play with one another, because uh, it's a bit of that, you know. They're they're still learning. I think Arujo, as you again, as you said, probably uh, still regaining some sharpness. So, um, but yeah, keep rolling with it. Um, you know, those are definitely your three best attackers. There's no need to bench one of them right now. Yeah, fully agree. It's uh, yeah, 
Likewise, Arujo on the right, Almada in the middle, and Moreno on the left. Now, there was a, uh, a Doug Roberson article on the AJC that uh, was more or less calling out Marcelino Moreno, and there are, uh, you know, some other, uh, I think, fans that are calling out Marcelino Moreno as well, uh, saying, yeah, I mean, he basically uh, dribbles with his head down and, uh, you know, will keep the ball for too long. Yes, I think he's guilty of all those things. Uh, does he... Uh, play hero ball and carry us at times. Yes, absolutely. That is true as well. Uh, does he fit uh, absolutely in the squad? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's one of our better players for sure. He's leading us in a lot of different types of categories, uh, not only last season, but uh, this season as well. Uh, and, you know, an eye for the clutch moment. Now, it's that. Like, if we had more continuity, I think, in the squad, I think if maybe he was also given some instruction on, uh, you know, where to be a little bit, uh, a little bit more where, uh, yeah, we make sure that we have to pass and move. Um, or maybe it's, uh, you know, he plays a little bit more essentially from maybe a central midfield position or something. Um, but, you know, it's I think it's very interesting to see what uh, what we will do with Marcelino Moreno. And, you know, I think it's at the end of the day. Marcelino Moreno is a player that, um, yeah, he frustrates some. He uh, excites others. But, you know, I think for the blame to be put on and also for him to be called to be transferred out, it's like, it's very, very perplexing. But uh, do you have a quick thought on that? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting is when Moreno scored, you know, just having no excitement about it. I mean, you know, I understand, you know, wanting to make a point, but I think some people maybe are going too far with their agenda. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's so obvious to me that Moreno has had a net positive impact on this team. I don't really understand the calls to drop him or even transfer him. I, that's way too much. Now, what I would say is... Uh, the roster construction right now is definitely awkward uh, because with a 4-2-3-1, you don't really have a true left winger. Or if you, if you wanted to switch to a 4-3-3, uh, right, and you put Moreno as part of the midfield three and Almada on the left, then Almada's kind of out of position. So um, it's a bit of that. It's a bit of roster construction that's, you know, I think may it may be need, it may be need to address uh, down the line, but uh these are still good players, and I think you still can get uh, pretty good production out of all of them. So Right. And maybe that's what it is, is that, uh, and that's been the criticism uh, a little bit from some fans, is that we are a team of talented individuals, but not a talented team that is cohesive. Um, right. And, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think Moreno is a winger i think he's uh he can beat people on the dribble is he always trying to beat people on the dribble yes uh is he maybe always uh putting a, a ball in early no but uh is this something that can be coached yes <laughs> so it's just something that you know uh okay yeah you have players that have these tendencies but now yes now it is on the coaching staff to be able to get the best of these players that's part of the thing 
and to you know if let me ask you this like in terms of what fans are accusing moreno of is he the only attacker is doing this because you know what i mean like as i said as i mentioned before like our, our attackers in general are typically trying to be two or three guys right you know and you, we we often see the break where the pass doesn't come in time or it's not uh you know the right length or the right you know it's not hit hard enough it's just it's it's a there's a lot of i think little signs that yes the chemistry is not there between our attackers right and i think that's exactly it is that uh, my frustration with a lot of our previous matches, and especially uh, the CF Montreal match, was that we were too deliberate. We weren't passing and moving. Uh, yeah, there's some verticality, but yeah, there's just not enough urgency in our play until it's too late, until we're down, until we are essentially trying to make up for lost time. And uh, yeah, you know, we need to play from the off with that urgency to put teams to the sword early and then yeah you know challenge them to get back into the match because i think we have the quality to put away some matches uh especially with the possession you know that we are capable of uh so it's really just uh a lot of you know a lot of the factors on the attack side of it is where we need to have the cohesion to know where each player is going to be. There's not enough triangles going on. There's just not players uh, in those spots where it's most successful for us to be able to move together up the pitch instead of, uh, you know, a ball over the top or wherever. And then you have a guy that's now isolated on the wing that now has to pump in a hopeful ball on the head of a player that can't beat those people in the box because he's With, undersized and the, the box is usually packed at that point yeah right. yeah so yeah there's that's just one of the factors uh for sure but anyway to finish out this uh, starting 11 <laughs> is <laughs> right? uh is cisneros for me uh do no. you agree yeah so uh i think that's probably pretty close to our best 11 at the moment uh sans hosetu abara or hyman uh, you know, we'll just, uh, I think, figure out who our best midfield duo is uh, until they're all match fit. But, uh, yeah, let's get into that score prediction then. What do you got? I mean, I, I'm going to be real, y'all. I'm a bit nervous about this match. Um, so, Chicago, you know, they're winless in six. Um, and their attack, despite the big names, haven't really been clicking. Um, near the bottom of the league in terms of shots on target uh, and and you know chances created or big chances created rather uh, however their defense is weirdly very good you know uh, one of the best uh, I think near the top of the league in terms of clean sheets uh, in terms of fewest goals conceded and um, I just um concerned because I feel like we've seen this script before like Montreal case in point where teams just sit back right and wait and then, uh, you know, if you have the players to hit on the counter, um, then you look for your opportunities. And they do, you know, Shakiri, yeah. Jabilko, uh, the uh, the winger Torres, I believe, um, you know, certainly can hurt us. And so I'm afraid this may be a trap game. 
Um, and I believe that we're going to take an L at home. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I obviously I hope I'm not right. Um, you know, I hope the attack clicks, but I just foresee more struggles, at least for maybe one more week. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're absolutely dead wrong there. But uh, yeah, the uh yeah i i think it's gonna be i think we can take care of business at home um yeah more large in part when we've been at home we uh you know kind of at least if we leave it late we can still get it done so hopefully we can get it done i think it's a 2-1 win reverse of yours and uh yes we can walk away with the three points and move this uh, with some momentum in the right direction. But what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. And that does it for the match preview and pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, in your opinion, do you think Marcelino Moreno should be transferred out of the club? I mean, yeah, a lot of people calling for his head, too, even though he's a guy that scored for us this past game. And uh... I mean, I would argue he's the player of the season for us last year. Uh, there was that stat going around where I think he led us in expected goals and expected assists or something like that. Like, right. I don't, I, yeah, I don't understand the calls for him to leave. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can play devil's advocate here and say that, yes, maybe he's uh uh, in terms of some of the people with their argument of saying that he's the example of why we're playing the way we are. No, I think it's that the coaching staff, and it's also uh, to a degree as well, the, uh, the front office, they need to be able to find uh, not only the continuity, but the identity, and yes. also coach these players to be better. That's what it comes down to. That's why you have the coaches to make them play as a unit and make them better players. So that's the challenge that we have ahead of us. But let us know in the comments below what you think. Super interested in what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh,